Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mick Berry of Keith Moon, The Real Me, and you're listening to The Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by Pantheon Media. Uh, just to tell you a little bit what's going on in uh, my life on the book end of things, I just had a Iron Maiden book come out called uh, Where Eagles Dare, Iron Maiden in the 80s, and I'm, uh, I'm moving on with that to the 90s. I'm going to do one that is basically Maiden and Bruce Dickinson. And I'm also uh, updating and expanding my old rainbow book from 2005, I think it was. It was called English Castle Magic at that point. It's going to be called Sensitive to Light this time. Uh, let's see. Okay, so into this episode. Now, what had been bothering me, obviously, um, we have done already an episode on the very, very early roots of heavy metal. You know, I remember pontificating at that point that it should be a two-part episode or maybe even a three-part. Um, so essentially, what I wanted to do is knock down the roots of heavy metal, get all of all of that out of the way so we can have these, these other fun flights of fancy type episodes uh, as we move on. So I wanted to get the building blocks down. So we did an episode on proto-metal, and that was the really early stuff. We were looking at the mid-60s. We were looking that at the early traces, the truly, the truly, truly history in songs, because there were not really heavy metal uh, albums at that point that we can say, yes, this is the birth of heavy metal album-wise. So we are going to rectify that um, with this episode. Um, you know, before we get to an episode where we're actually looking at, um, you know, sort of the subject of this book I did, Who Invented Heavy Metal, which is sort of a 1970 phenomenon, and that's that's what that episode will be when we get to it, um, I set for myself the rule that uh, nothing in this episode can come out in 1970 or newer. So essentially, you know, we're, what we're looking at here are full albums that came out very specifically in the years 1968 and 1969. So why those years? Well, those are the years where we get full albums that feel to me more or less like heavy metal albums. So to kick things off, um, 
we are going to talk about blue cheer, of course. Uh, you know, in the birth of heavy metal, when people don't go for the answer that I really want to go for, which is, you know, I'll give it away now, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath 1970, you know, Blue Cheer with Vincibus Eruptum, which came out in January of 1968. So we're talking really early. This was a really heavy record uh, for the day. Um, it's a power trio. They're from California. They're really scruffy looking guys. They've got biker ties. They're they're not even from San Francisco. They're kind of from out in the out in the sticks and they move to San Francisco they're kind of rejected by the San Francisco glitterati of singer-songwriter type uh, rock and roll hall of fame Jan Werner uh, type bands uh, hate Ashbury they are they are considered the bad boys and they are truly the bad boys uh, you know Dickie Peterson with his with his crazy vocals like all this volume that they had you know they used to say that uh, that when they played the air would turn to cottage cheese you know just like Lemmy would say when you know if we moved in next or your lawn would die, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but yes, let's uh, let's take a listen. Um, so, so Blue Cheer, very first album called Vincibus Eruptum. It looks heavy on the cover. It's kind of heavy psych, uh, and it's pretty heavy on the inside. Obviously, you know, a big thing on this is their their big hit single, which is a brutalized version of Eddie Cochran's Summertime Blues. But we're not going to listen to that. Um, let's take a listen instead to Second Time Around. <laughs> All right, so cool. That's a that's a pretty heavy tune. Um, you know, as I said, the, the summertime blues, of course, was also a heavy tune on an earlier episode where we looked at kind of a fine tuning kind of thing, uh, where we looked at the birth of an American heavy metal. Uh, you know, we've already uh, we've already done blue cheer. We we did Doctor Please in that episode. Uh, okay, so moving on, our second band in the uh, birth of heavy metal in the history of five songs with Martin Popoff, proto-metal part two is Blue Cheer. Yes, you heard right. We are talking about Blue Cheer for a second time, which is pretty darn amazing if you think about it. Blue Cheer, uh, to, to have them come in with two records uh, in the birth of heavy metal just means that they're super cool and they super deserve to be here. Uh, buddy of mine, Jack Andino, called the band's second album, Outside Inside, Blue Cheer's Physical Graffiti. Now, I, I wouldn't quite go that far. Um, it's not a masterpiece like Physical Graffiti, which I actually consider my favorite album of all time, so sometimes, uh, tied with uh, Black Sabbath Sabotage, I suppose. Um, but no, Outside Inside, the cool thing about this record is it had more songs on it. It was originals, not the covers. It wasn't as blues-based. It wasn't as derivative. Um, and it re it really is as heavy as Vincibus. And, and you know, the, the, the joy I have in doing this episode is telling you people about it because I think it's actually a more important album than Vincibus. And it also came out in 1968. This is just like eight months later. We're talking August 68. So, Yes, without further ado, let's take a little listen. This is called Just a Little Bit. Just a little bit. 
all right so what do you think of that i mean there's a bunch of songs on this uh this album that are pretty heavy uh but before we move on let's take a little break when we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now, we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rocking. Okay, back again. We've uh, we've gone through two songs in our history in five songs with Martin Popoff. This is Proto-Metal Part 2. We had a Proto-Metal episode before, and we are going to have a Heavy Metal Proper episode before too long. So, moving on. Uh, number three... Uh, well, let's just take a listen right away. This is MC5 with Rocket Reducer number 62. <laughs> All right, so what we have here, MC5, Detroit. Detroit is the is the land of the working man. This is sort of how the apocryphal story goes. Detroit shares this past with Birmingham. You know, lots of industry, lots of pollution, you know, banging together, metal banging, uh, you know, metal on metal. Uh, Birmingham has steel mills and, and car part mills. And and, uh, and Detroit, obviously, is uh, is the home of uh, uh, Ford and GM. You know, we, we basically, you know, Detroit built America as they say. And, you know, talk to Wayne Kramer or any of the guys about this. Talk to Ted Nugent. Talk to the Stooges guys. Um, they say that it's a very unforgiving place to be a band. You have to be an amazing band because these are these are working guys that come to see you. They work hard. They play hard. They demand the best and all this kind of thing. Um, but yes, De- uh, Detroit is is kind of, you know, one of the birthplaces of heavy metal because of bands like MC5. So what you just heard was something off of their debut album, Oddly Alive album, uh, Kick Out the Jams. It came out in February of 1969. And uh, uh, essentially what we have here is um, a record that, uh, you know, it, it's it's super heavy because... It is, um, 
it is a live album. So when you make a live album, it's easy to make a record heavy. It's, it's kind of a way of cheating, but it is heavy all the way through, which is really cool. It's recorded at the Grandy Ballroom. It's actually a super slashing heavy metal album, as you heard there. Rob Tyner is a vocalist, incredible vocalist. Um, you know, so, so yeah, the, the album cover looks super heavy. It's kind of claustrophobic with all these overlapping photographs and everything. Super, super heavy, heavy record for the time. Okay, so that was MC5. Uh, I want to go overseas now um, because this the other joy of this episode is that is that we have to have to have to mention Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is super important in the birth of heavy metal, but you know they are they are you know elliptically going to be part of our episode when we start talking about 1970, but not so much really. They are you know the big thing about Zeppelin is they contributed in a big way already in 1969, literally with two records: Led Zeppelin the debut and Led Zeppelin two later in 1969. So that's that's quite an accomplishment as well, just like the blue chair. So I'll, I'll say a little bit more about Led Zeppelin, but let's take a listen first of all. This is Communication Breakdown. So the cool thing about this song is that it has that staccato machine gun type riff. Um, you know, people say that, um, you know, it, essentially a little bit. I mean, Black Sabbath Paranoid somewhat comes from uh, Communication Breakdown, this idea of a short snapper, um, you know, with, with just this sort of uncompromising riff to it. But there are other heavy things on this record. Dazed and Confused, which has a little bit of a murky past, uh, you know, Back to the Yardbirds and Jake Holmes. Um but basically, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a doomy song. You know, heavy metal becomes to be born uh, as we move away from the blues into things like the the tritone, Diablos in in musica. Uh, and Dazed and Confused is a doomy song. It's a little, it's it's a combination of blues and doom. And this is one of the reasons I'm not crazy about Led Zeppelin in the birth of heavy metal when it comes to heavy metal proper, because I don't think they really move it together uh, or move it forward in a super, super heavy way. But good times, bad times, you know, that the stacked pancakes of power chords that you get in a song like that. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty heavy album. They, they've got this power trio format with the lead singer. Robert Plant is your quintessential looking heavy metal guy, you know, the blonde god with the long hair. Uh, he also has the shrieky, great heavy metal voice. Like, it's a new type of singing that you're getting here. You know, when I was a kid, we used to look at heavy metal and really it was all about, you know, how heavy are those guitars. But so there's something about the extremity of a lead singer uh, and what he does that made things heavy metal. And I, you know, I joke with people. It's not a joke. I mean, the, the oddly, uh, the early records I ever got as a kid, you know, seven, eight years old, were things like Three Dog Night and Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I used to wonder, well, you know, what was the appeal of Creedence Clearwater? Well, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, they're essentially like a historical band that could have been from the Civil War era, um, just like the band, but they had an extreme vocal on top. John Fogarty was an extreme vocalist. Um, 
So what you get with Led Zeppelin is you do get extreme vocal, you get distorted guitar, you get you get you know a pounding drummer. So there you go. Led Zeppelin's super important. Um, we picked Communication Breakdown because it's super early. You know this is a record that came out in January of '69. But look at what they did on on two. They got a whole lot of love on there and Living Love and Made and and all those sorts of things. There, there's quite a bit of heaviness all over the place. Moby Dick. So there you go, Led Zeppelin. Um, now, uh, moving on, we have, uh, let's see, Led Zeppelin was our number four, and uh, yes, so so we're up to our last one at this point. Um, so what we have uh, for our number five in the history of five songs with Martin Popoff in terms of proto-metal uh, part two is the Stooges. Uh, Iggy and the Stooges, we've got another uh, Detroit band. They're just called the Stooges at this point. Um, but they are the other super bad boys of the Detroit scene. You know, there is also, um, there's also uh, Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes. There's SRC. There's uh, there's Dick Wagner and Frost. Um, there's, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, the guy, uh, Devil with the Blue Dress. Anyways, um, there's, a, there's a bunch of heavy stuff coming out of Detroit. There's Grand Funk, of course. Um, uh, Mitch Ryder, that's who it is. Uh, but anyways, the Stooges and the MC5 are your two heaviest bands. Uh, let's take a listen. I'll, I'll mention a little more about the Stooges, but uh, let's take a listen to Not Right off the debut album Stooges. Here you go. See isn't that right? I want some, I want some, but tonight I want some, I want some, but I'll write But she can't help because she's not right All right, so that's a that's a later in the process uh, track uh, on this album, but you know the album is super heavy throughout. Well, not super heavy, but pretty pretty darn heavy. You know the other big ones. You got 1969 on there. The other sort of straight heavy metal song where you where you have a song based around riff because this is this is one of my definitions of heavy metal, right? I I, I really feel like. Um, uh, heavy metal is is a genre where the song everybody kind of gathers around what's going on on a guitar put through a fuzz pedal and kind of like warms their hands over the fire of that everything feeds around uh, the riff the riff is super important maybe there's a guitar solo maybe there's a driving 4-4 beat but the but the idea is is that the song is based around a guitar riff through a distortion pedal so you know I want to be your dog uh, is something that I would call a rudimentary riff slash stacked power chord. So you can have songs that are based around a chord structure, or you can have songs that are based around a whittly riff. What we just heard in Not Right, I think is more uh, like a riff than even I want to be your dog. But there's all sorts of heavy stuff on this record. And of course, Stooges uh, contribute again in 1970. You know, to my mind, again, I'm denigrating the Stooges by the time I get to 1970, because when we talk about those albums there's records that are light years ahead in terms of the invention of heavy metal than the stooges but um they do come back quick 
And again, this idea of proving that it wasn't an accident and we really like this music and it wasn't just something we stumbled upon, i.e. the Beatles with Helter Skelter or, uh, you know, later on Heart with Barracuda or even Queen in certain ways, you know, or or even Thin Lizzy in, in some ways. Um, this is a long discussion, but I, I find there are bands that love heavy metal. Led Zeppelin's kind of the same way. Uh, but they don't love it a lot. They they basically land on it every once in a while because they like dynamics and they and they you know it and and it's all about the art and if the art comes and it happens to be in heavy metal form, well that's great. But there are certain bands who show that they love it even more so by doing lots of it. You know, I I used to hate when I'd read interviews in Cream and Circus when I was a kid and. You know, bands would say, oh, we have a little bit of everything on this record. Uh, you know, there's something for everybody on this record. Well, no, there isn't, because the record is still a finite length of time. If it's 35 or 40 minutes, you have less of what everybody wants or certain people want on the record. You can't have lots of something for everybody. So that's what I like about these records and and the birth of heavy metal where you're doing lots of heavy metal on it so it's not an accident and you're doing something that uh that that shows this is music you like so there you go um those are our um are five songs in the history of five songs uh in terms of proto metal the part two episode as i say we had a proto metal part three that was more like finding songs but you couldn't really say there were full albums Blue Cheer, Vincibus, full album. Outside, inside, you know, I, again, we're talking three fifths, four sixths, whatever, five sevenths, four sevenths of these records are all pretty darn heavy. And especially the MC5. If I was to pick one record uh, here that is the heaviest record, I would say it's the MC5 and it's, it's right in the middle there. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. I, like I say, I wanted to get these building blocks out of the way, and uh, and I really do believe the first full albums come in 68, 69. Um, tell us what you think. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty good with my Facebook. You can Facebook me. You can email me. Send in your, uh, your show ideas. Um, but that's it. We will wrap up at this point. See you again next time for uh, History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Looking for ways to help right the wrongs of social injustice? Oxfam America works with people in more than 90 countries to save lives, develop long-term solutions to poverty, and campaign for social change. And we do it with the help of our friends in the music world. The Beatles were Oxfam supporters back in the day. So were the Stones. And through the years, musicians and music fans have helped Oxfam push hard to work for a just world without poverty. Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.